slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those seeds. And if you do need to snooze, we would much rather you did that in your uh, home, in your warm, comfortable bed, than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. Now, while it's fun and and we're glad you're listening, we will want you to know that you are still going to miss out on some things we think are pretty cool, like intergenerational community and charming children at children's time when we won't be able to give you any cookies after worship but we'll give you what we can i'm chris marshall and i'm susan foster and we are united methodist pastors in reno nevada we're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age we're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week And we started this podcast so that if you're away from home or maybe got snowed in, maybe you're working, maybe you had to coach your kid's soccer team, or maybe you're just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. And a quick shout out to Stacy and Annie who listened to us on their walk in Idaho. Uh, We love you guys. We miss you. Thanks for listening. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon that we gave on Sunday. So... Whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you keep an open heart and an open mind. And we're serious about that open heart and open mind. Keep an open heart and open mind. We don't expect for you to agree with everything we say, but we do hope that it is a launching point for a good conversation and and for you to, to understand and think about what you believe. And we hope in the midst of all of that, that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So on Sunday, we had our children's choral performance. How'd they do? They are adorable. Of course they are. Of course they are adorable. And they were... Did you have a scene stealer? You know, I was actually sitting at the pulpit. I could not see them. Oh, too bad. But uh, we had these two amazing musicians, Rebecca Perry and Olga Flora Perez. Olga (laughs) is somebody who gets called sometimes to sing at the Met, directing the children's choir. Oh, wow. Their little girls were in there and among all the other kids and so... Uh, they really kind of took it on this year and mm-hmm. did that. And that was really, really fun. But that meant that all the kids were in worship the entire service. And so right. we wanted to plan a service that was fun for them and interesting and still engaging for adults. So we built the nativity scene. Yes. So how'd that go? So the first thing that we did was we built the traditional nativity scene. Now this is wise men in robes carrying mm-hmm. bottles that are looking very ornate and shepherds with sheep and Mary wearing some interesting headgear and, and you know, blue gown, of all course. the things actually pink in ours. Oh. Yeah. She gets to wear pink mm-hmm. in ours. Um, and everything's hay and cows and camels and things like that. Yeah. So we built it and we said, we're going to build it in order. So who are the first people who found out Jesus was going to be born? And of course the answer was God. Okay. Good. Great. I don't have an image of God for us to put on the communion table. In fact, I think there's some rules about that and everybody laughed. I said, so who was the next people? And they said, Mary. And I said, nope, because probably before Mary found out, there were some people who had to leave home. I said, have you guys ever been on a really long road trip? And they said, no. And then somebody else said, well, we drove to San Diego. And I said, that counts. So... She drove to San Diego with all her foster brothers and sisters and parents. So that that would be a long trip. That's a long trip. Uh, This one was probably a little longer. The guys who left that we call the Magi, who brought gifts, probably had to leave pretty early. And so we put them out first. And I said, I know we're not supposed to put them out till January 6th because they were a little late to the party, but we're going to just roll with it today. So we put the Magi out. And I said, what did the Magi do? And they said, they brought gifts. I said, who brings gifts now? And they said, Santa. (laughs) And I said, well, sort of. 
So the gifts that the Magi brought were really important for the people of the time. They meant something. But it's still Jesus's birthday, not our birthday. Now it's our turn to bring gifts. And we get to decide what are the gifts we're going to give Jesus this time of year. So we talked about the Magi. And then I said, who's next? So who's next, Susan? Who found out next? Well, I think we go back to Mary. It's either Mary or Joseph. It depends on the gospel. Yeah. So we'll do Mary first and then we'll do Joseph next next, next time. Because that's usually how we tell the story. So Mary finds out that she is going to have this baby. She finds out because an angel shows up. Yep. Once again says the thing that angels always say, do not be afraid. Which means angels are probably pretty scary. Yep. Uh, or at least they're not always carrying great news. Great. Um, it's good news, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mary gets this news and she realizes her whole world is going to be different. And so mm-hmm. the scripture this morning is from Luke and it's Mary going to see her cousin Elizabeth because right. back in the day, there was no what to expect when you're expecting. No, no right? books. No, nothing like that. And no so, internet. No, no, no um, YouTube. No chat groups. Nope. No Facebook support. Nope. So Mary needed to go old school yeah. and find out how do babies get born. So she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. And when she saw Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby jumped in her belly and Elizabeth started to cry out with joy. And it occurs to me that this is probably the first person Mary has met who's pleased that she's pregnant. Right. Because Joseph's not too pleased. Her parents. Her parents are not too pleased. Her village, if they know yet, are not going to be too pleased. Right. And this is the first person that really goes, man, do you know how exciting this is? Yeah. And I just think, man, how often do we miss out on celebrating something? Celebration is so important because... We're so worried about all the other things. Yeah. So Mary goes to see Elizabeth. What's really funny is that we had uh, a woman who's moved away, but her son still lives in town. And he he and his partner just had a baby. And she was in town. And it just made me think of this. Like, yeah. like she came by to after church to talk to, talk to us. And anyway, just that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Just the excitement of sharing that mm-hmm. kind the of news. joy. Yeah. So then Mary bursts into song and she starts to remember who God is and how great God this is. thing is that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she sings a song very similar to Zechariah's song about how God lifts up the oppressed and takes care of those who are low and makes, you know, straight mm-hmm. paths for us. And, and all of these things, all of these images of God making the playing field level. Yeah. And, uh, and so she remembers like, you know what, this is all really scary. And Joseph and my parents and my village might not be too pleased, but God is doing something better than that. Right. Elizabeth is pleased and God is amazing. And in pidgin English, if you read the Bible in pidgin English... Uh, which I have done, they uh, they say, the baby in my belly went, hoopa! And so it was really funny, because then when the kids performed, the whole congregation went, hoopa! They were all really <laughs> excited about the kids performing. Anyway, so we did Mary, and then we did Joseph. Joseph, not super thrilled Mm-mm. about what's going on, plans to divorce his wife quietly, as opposed to stoning her in the street, which would be his prerogative. Right. Uh, he decides to just leave her quietly. He also gets a message from an angel, do not be afraid. Right. Also, all those plans you've been making, rethink them, uh, because this is, you're going to raise this kid. Now, Joseph is described as a good man. He's a man with integrity. Mm-hmm. He's a man who's going to raise this child. And Joseph is got to be freaked out yeah. that all of his careful planning can fall. I did yeah. a wedding on Saturday for this couple who are very, very sweet, and they are planners. Oh, yeah. Um, he is a police officer. She works for a bank. They have very specific expectations all the time, and they are very good at following through on their responsibilities. They understand duty and obligation and responsibility and all those things. 
And when he proposed to her, he had planned it out to the T. He had somebody playing their song, Can't <laughs> Help Falling in Love, by Haley Reinhardt on a stereo system outside. And he had somebody else taking pictures. And then he had a different person doing a video. And, you know, he had all of their friends and family gathered around in this kind of surprise encounter. And he kneeled down and he opened the ring box and she shouted, don't drop it. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. Yeah. And what I told them in, in the wedding was, you know, at some point something's going to get dropped. And marriage is not about, you know, being so careful all the time. It's about living into who you are. And when things get dropped, you pick it up together. Uh, so I just think about Joseph is trying to carefully plan out all of these things and it's not going to go his way. Yeah. But God is even in the midst of that. So we have the Magi, we have Mary, we have Joseph, we have the shepherds. How do the shepherds find out? More angels. More angels. The angels, I saw this meme this week that said, how can we make this less scary for the humans? Because they always have to start with, do not yeah. be afraid. Maybe we'll bring the brass band with us and so, you know, all the trumpets and all the, we'll bring the whole choir and that'll freak them out less, you know. We'll do a spirit of the season for the shepherds. And so the shepherds get this announcement in the fields, not how they were planning to spend their evening. Um, I'm an introvert. I love canceling plans. And so I, I understand that this is not their favorite plan to cancel. They're having yeah. a night in, which for them is a night out. And the angels are saying, why don't you go on a road trip instead? Go see this thing that's happening. And the angels, uh, the angels leave and the shepherds pick up and they go. Yep. They're willing to change their plans when God gets involved. They're willing to see this amazing thing. And so we, we put all of these pieces into this nativity together. And then the kids said, where's Jesus? And I said, ah, where is Jesus? <laughs> and they said, um, the, they gave me the Sunday school answer, which I always appreciate everywhere. But then they said, well, he's not in the box. And I said, no, because he's not coming until Christmas Eve. And they were like, oh, mm-hmm. I said, just like everybody else who's trying to prepare, trying to get ready, trying to gather what they need, we also get to wait. Doesn't mean Jesus isn't with us. It just means that we're also waiting for this moment, right? And the kids went, oh, and I said, okay, so thanks for hanging out with me for children's time and sent everybody back to their seats. And then it came time for the sermon. Mm-hmm. And during the sermon, we did another nativity set. Right. Uh, we did not do a traditional nativity set. We did a nativity set. It was given to me by my husband last year. Now, when you're a pastor, there's a lot of things that people give you over and over again, like, you know, Bibles and... Bibles and um, cute wall plaques. Kitsch. kitsch. Um, Jesus Kitsch. Uh, or my, my people Jesus have dis- junk. Jesus junk. My, my people have discovered that I really quite like all of the stuff that I find ironic. So like the Jesus beauty kit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Jesus bobblehead and things like that. Yes. I just think they're really funny. And so I have this little collection on my bookshelf. But one of the things that I have gotten a lot of is nativity sets. Yeah. And when my husband turns to me and he goes, I got you a nativity set. My response was, Hey. cool just what i always wanted like you know yay. Have enough of those. yay yeah you look around this house <laughs> they're everywhere they're at work they're everywhere and uh, he goes i think you're gonna like this one and so i started to open it and it was called the millennial nativity set <laughs> yep i remember it's very funny and it is it is very funny and so i said we're gonna do a little tongue-in-cheek thing here because what we realize is the way that people prepared for jesus two thousand years ago is probably going to be different than how we prepare for jesus now so the stable has solar panels on the roof because like good millennials, we want to make sure that the world is going to be okay. Yep. The whole thing is about saving the world, which includes ecology. Mm-hmm. And then we went in the same order. So we started with the Magi. The Magi found out first. The Magi in the millennial nativity set are hipsters riding segways, delivering Amazon Prime boxes, <laughs> which I think is pretty good. The gifts come a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. The way that we give gifts is a little different. But what's important is to remember who this season is really about. 
Yeah. It's really about making sure that the gifts that we give mean something. Um, and that we're really making sure that the things that God cares about, the things Jesus wants for his birthday are still front and center. The kids had a harder time with this one. They really like Santa. Yeah. <laughs> they really like presents. Um, but they, they eventually came around and agreed with me that, that giving matters. Yeah. Uh, then we had, and we did Mary last and we'll do Joseph this time. We have Joseph. Joseph is kneeling next to the manger. He's taking a selfie. Mm-hmm. He's got a man bun. Ah. And what I like about that is that the way that Joseph is using technology to stay connected, Joseph is using uh, his phone to mm-hmm. stay connected to his people. I imagine he's posting on Instagram and Facebook and whatever that thing is. Luke Ham sends me stuff on all the time. The yellow one, Snapchat. Yeah, he's posting up. And it's because so many times now we live so far away from our families. Right. The story of the, the Holy Family is that they're traveling back to where Joseph is from, which doesn't make any sense historically, but that's the story we have in our scripture. And there's some narrative truth in it. And so how do we stay connected to the people that we care about? Social media can be really good for that. It can also be very dangerous when all of our community is online. Yep. Because when all of our community is online, you know, we don't have that human to human connection in person. And also, I think one of the reasons we get so addicted to technology is we feel so isolated because our people are so far away. Well, and then also the technology allows us to put up a mask Totally. That So that we don't actually have people in our lives who are so connected to us that they can call us on our stuff. Exactly. So we need we need some real human yeah. connection, which usually involves people who are a little broken because we're mm-hmm. all a little broken, a, yep. little, a little bit in person. And so for me, Joseph is asking the question of in the midst of all of our, you know, careful life planning, have we figured out how to connect to real people around us? Yeah. So there's Joseph. And then we have Mary. Mary's also getting ready for Jesus. Mary uh, is doing a duck face for the selfie. <laughs> she's uh, She's got one hand up in the peace sign. Mm-hmm. She's got one shoulder out. she got uh, like the off the shoulder sweater or whatever. Uh, Millennial Mary is uh, getting ready for Jesus by being part of that family system with Joseph. But also, I sort of wonder if one of the reasons that Mary went to see Elizabeth was because she needed to get away from Joseph for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, Joseph's got to deal with his own stuff and we're not responsible for solving other people's problems. We can be supportive and we can be alongside, but we are not responsible for carrying other people's personality flaws around in our pockets. And so when Joseph needs to get his head screwed on straight, Mary gets out of town. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that Mary reminds me about is it's okay to have a little distance and then maintain the connection. Yeah. You know, we don't cut people off. We sort of Find a little space and then come back again. Yeah. Find a little space and come back again. And so Mary does that. Millennial Mary is finding joy in the midst of the chaos, figuring out who will be supportive. Yeah. Um, and Elizabeth will be supportive, even yeah. when Joseph needs to figure it out. Um, she can be patient with him while she does this hard thing. Yeah. Then we have the shepherds. Mm-hmm. Now, the shepherds in the old story find out about Jesus from where? From the angels. But nowadays, we get our news in other places. Yes. We get our news online, on TV, on our phones. We get our news all over the place. And so the shepherd in the millennial nativity is a guy on his device. I think it's a tablet with headphones in. Clearly, Mm -hmm. he's watching the news, finding out what the good news is. And I said, you know, we still get our news. We get our news that way. Yeah. And the news can be overwhelming um, sometimes, particularly when we're frustrated with what's going on in the world. So I have a rule about how much time I spend reading the news. And I said, do you guys have rules about how much time you get to use technology? And all the kids go, yes. Yes. And I said, why do you have rules? And they said, because it'll rot our brains. (laughs) (laughs) 
I said, absolutely it will. I said, you know, there's such a thing as garbage in, garbage out. And so one of the reasons we have rules about how much we use technology is because there's a lot of good stuff online and a lot of ways to connect to people. And there's also a lot of garbage. Yeah. There's also a lot of ways that can feel more isolating or can make us more angry, not in a righteous way, but in a just a cynical way. Right. There's a lot of snark. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stupid online. Yeah. And we don't need to absorb any of that. Yeah. So we have our our shepherd who's asking us, how do we prepare our hearts and our minds? And it's by, you know, being really cognizant of what we're taking in. There's no angel. Sorry, just that tablet. (laughs) (laughs) The shepherd is caring for a sheep that has a wool sweater on that is made from its own wool. Very nice. Just like those chickens. There's a cow sharing the barn that has 100% organic stamped on its hip. So that's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. The final bit of the nativity is Jesus. And the kids once again said, where's Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I said, where's Jesus? And they were like, we don't know. He's not in the box. I said, Jesus is rarely inside the box. Whatever box you're building, he's rarely inside of it. I said, but once again, we have to wait till Christmas. And I said, actually, I want to show you something really cool. So I had everybody sit down and I had the Jesuses in my back pocket, metaphorically speaking. And so I pulled out. the traditional Jesus, and I pulled out millennial Jesus, and I showed him to the kids. And I said, can you tell which one goes with which set? And they they kind of couldn't. Mm. And I said, what's interesting is the people in old days were preparing for Jesus, and we now are preparing for Jesus, but it's the same Jesus. It's the same love and compassion that we live with our skin. It's the same kindness. It's the same seeking justice. Mm -hmm. It's the same Mm -hmm. healing wounds. It's the same forgiving people. It's the same Jesus. So whether it's because you found out that God's doing some work on your tablet or you found out from an angel, you know, our job is to pay attention and to get ready to gather what we need so that when Jesus shows up, we don't miss it. Amen. And that was the sermon on Sunday. Yay. I I just like that Mary goes out to find the place where she can find comfort and joy. And it might not be at home. Right. That it returns her home. Yes. Right. It does return her home. She's able to take what she has learned and bring it with her on the next journey on the next journey exactly exactly so well thank you for listening to the sunday morning sleep in podcast you can um, if you have questions or stories or uh shoot us an email at sunday morning in at gmail.com find us on our website sunday morning where we have all of our previous episodes um, also, if you want to find us on Facebook and make a comment, uh, talk to reach out to us there. We'd appreciate it. And the music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. Traditional for, at the end of a worship service for the priest to give a blessing to the congregation. Some wise words that make everybody just a little bit holier. And the kids are not usually in worship when we do this part. Oh, yeah. So I called all of them back up to the front. And it was the fourth time they had to get up in the front of the church. And I said, guys, guys, I want your help because priests don't have magic hands and we don't have magic words. Our job is to remind people that they're loved. And so you're going to help me with that this morning. So we all aimed our palms. Mm-hmm. We shot love at the congregation. So we had some people covering the balcony and some people covering downstairs. And I said, <laughs> so you got to pray for the choir too. And so people turned around and prayed for the choir and for uh, Tom Hatch, who was our liturgist on Sunday. And everybody got blessed. Yeah. And they repeated after me, and we said the same thing we say every week, which is may you go out and love every person you meet, even the ones you might not think deserve it, because God thinks they do. 